Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This, this is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. So if you were in D.C. on January 6, 2021, whether or not you went to the Capitol or not, whether or not you wore a furry hat or not with horns, whether or not you took part in any of the events that day, you are being tracked. Yes, anyone who went to the region on January 6, 2021 is being tracked. Welcome to the show. Glad you are here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. According to the director of the Air Marshal National Council, Sonia Labasco, the TSA has a special mission for air marshals to track individuals who travel to the D.C. region on the day of the January 6th protest. During a recent interview on Fox News, Labasco warned that TSA air marshals are not flying right now. She claimed that the only missions air marshals are currently conducting are missions on the border with illegal immigrants or, quote, following the January 2021 people. Following the January 2021 people. Quote, we're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now on most flights, you're not going to have air marshals, she said. So everyone who went to D.C. on January 6, 2021, even if they had nothing to do with the Capitol riot, is being tracked. This is remarkable. It really is extraordinary. I mean, it's not surprising, though, considering that this administration loves their police state tactics. But wow, the level of mass surveillance, the January 2026 people, the January 2021 people, January 6 people, the high holy day of the left, J6, tracking you. Man, it's like it's it's almost like we don't even have the Bill of Rights anymore or a Fourth Amendment right or or any rights for that matter. It's what it really feels like. She noted that the primary mission of air marshals is currently quiet skies, which involves the tracking of anyone who traveled to the Washington, D.C. region at the time of the storming of the Capitol. Quote, we're following people that flew into the national capital region on January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally and you've been put on a specific list. That TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had any type of criminal investigation. 
They haven't committed a crime. But three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out, she says. I mean, this is extraordinary. It really is. This is, a, this is absolutely amazing. Without any sort of warrant whatsoever, without any due process, without any suspicion, you were in the region, the nation's capital region, and that's enough for you to be tracked, ongoing tracked by your government. And you're on a list now. You're on a special list, just like we did to Muslim people after 9-11. You remember how the left was infuriated by that? And rightfully so, by the way. People who were just Muslim were put on a list to be monitored and tracked. The ACLU was furious. Is the ACLU going to speak out about this list, the J6 list? Are, are, is the left going to scream, the civil libertarians who are out there, are they going to scream about this? Because they should. They should. Just because you were in the region of the capital does not justify the government putting you on a special watch list. What, is, what, what, what country is this? What country are we living in right now is what I want to know. Because, you know, I'm questioning the, the, the notion of reality when I read stuff like this. I really am questioning my entire concept of this to think that it's OK for our government to track people just simply for being in the in the in the nation's capital. That's it. That's enough for them to put you on a special watch list, the TSA watch list. Now, I just saying that clip, if you can pull it up for me, uh, it's I, I mean, Operation Quiet Skies, Operation Quiet Skies. See, what I told you years ago, the Zioli axiom about civil liberties and, and, and freedom, and that when you turn over your liberty to the government under the guise of keeping you safe, they will weaponize those powers you give them, and they will use that against you for political purposes. That has been one of the longstanding Zioli axioms. And if you've been with me since day one, you know that. And it keeps coming true and true. Now, there were a lot of people who justified, for example, no-fly lists. You know, back then they had these no-fly lists and anybody who was associated with being Muslim or anything like that was put on a no-fly list. But even ordinary um, Americans who weren't uh, even Muslim would just show up at the airport and find out they were on a no-fly list. They didn't have to go before a judge. The government didn't have to show any due process. Just deny you your right to travel, deny you your right, your ability to get on an airplane with no due process whatsoever. And so you'd have a family at the airport with all their bags packed and the kids think they're going to Disney World and they got the little... Mickey and Minnie hats on, and they're all excited, and they get to the airport and say, I'm sorry, sir, you're on the no-fly list. I what? Yeah, you, you can't fly. What do you mean I can't fly? Yeah, you're on a list. Did you tell me? No, we didn't have to. We just put you on a list. Now, they're not, not allowing these individuals on an airplane based on the information I have. Maybe that will come out, but it doesn't matter. They're tracking them. Day in and day out. Her words are tracking them day in and day out. This is a clip from Fox News with this uh, person from the TSA National, I'm sorry, the director of the Air Marshal National Council, Sonia Labasco. Take a listen. Okay, so how many uh, air marshals are on planes right now and how many do you think uh, there should be to get to a safe level? Well, Carly, we're not we're not flying right now. The only missions that we're doing are quiet skies missions, and those are missions that are following the January 2021 people. So we're either on the border uh, for illegal immigrants, or we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now, on uh, most flights, you're not going to have air marshals. What do you mean by that? You're following January 2021 people. What does that mean? 
That means our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the National Capital Region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. So you're saying that air marshals are now following people that were at the Capitol uh, on January 6th, and they're not tracking terrorists at all. Well, they didn't even have to be at the Capitol, Carly. They could have just flown into the National Capital Region. So if anybody was there for um, a job interview, to visit family, we even had a gentleman that was there for a funeral. They put it, put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. So these people did not even commit a crime. They weren't even at the Capitol. What? Do those people know that they're on this list? Some of them do, because when they go to the airport, they get the quadruses on their boarding pass, and then they have to go through enhanced security. Then they're followed by teams of air marshals on, on any leg of flight that they have. So, yes, a lot of them do know that they're being followed, yet they haven't been vetted, and they have not committed a crime. And three years later, we're still doing the same duty, and we followed the same people over and over for three years who are no threat to this country. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so if you are an average passenger on a plane, how concerned should you realistically be? I think I think you should be very concerned when you're boarding the aircraft. You need to look around to see who you might be able to to ask to help you, like a good Samaritan, because you're kind of you're on your own. If anything happens, please don't wait. There's going to be no law enforcement that's going to help you. So you need to have a plan. Look where the exit doors are. Look where your flight attendants are standing around you. But I would look at other passengers to see. You know, I would be looking around for a football player or somebody, a pretty big guy or a couple big guys, in case you needed to take action. Wow. Wow. Well, we had you on to talk about air marshals getting sent to the southern border and you opened up a whole new topic for us to follow so sonia we thank you for that insight and joining us this morning we appreciate it yeah i mean you, you listen to that and you go wait 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 i'm sorry they're on a domestic terror watch list see remember years ago i said one day the terrorists will be you i still remember that caller that one time called me up and said i was complaining about how the government was spying on us i know call me crazy I was complaining about the fact that the government of the United States of America was reading our emails and listening to our phone calls. I was I was complaining about all these things. And I remember a guy called up and said, what 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 do you want to get blown up by a terrorist, Rich? You know, as if you were against the government having to follow the Constitution, it meant you wanted people to die of terrorism. But this was what they said back then. And unfortunately, a lot of people on my side of the aisle were the ones saying it. You know, we have we, we got what are we going to do? What do you want? Another 9-11? And I kept saying at the time, you know, in the future, you're going to be the terrorist. You know that, right? Someday it's going to be you. Look where we are right now. Look where we are in this moment in time, where if you've got a Betsy Ross flag, if you've got a MAGA hat, if you've got a uh, don't tread on me, uh, Gadsden, anything, you're you're on the list. You're on the watch list. If you were just in the capital region, air marshals are tracking you. Air marshals were put on planes. You remember in the wake of 9-11 to be able to take out a terrorist before they hijacked the airplane. Now, they were not able to. They, I had a friend who was an air marshal. I did. I had a, a good buddy of mine who I grew up with, and he wound up uh, leaving the service because he said it was the most boring job he's ever had in his life. 
he signed up in the wake of 9-11 to be an air marshal, thinking it would be exciting and thinking he'd be serving our country. But there was never anything to do ever. Occasionally, maybe you'd have a, a passenger who was rude and loud and drunk. And that was about it. He said it was the most boring job because, look, let's face it. Once they they upgraded the doors of the airplane so that you couldn't get into the cockpit, that pretty much solved the problem. That was it. You couldn't you now couldn't hijack an airplane anymore. Those doors became impenetrable. And that was the end of it. That's why it hasn't happened since. It's not the groping by the TSA at the airport. It's not that. It's the fact that you you to get through that door is almost impossible. And people now know that if somebody tries to do that, the entire airplane is going to take them down because they're probably going to try to just kill everybody. So, yeah, though, they're not trying to do that anymore. But this is why the TSA is completely worthless and useless, because they will fondle and grope you and then still not find stuff. Yeah, that's why every year they all the guns they missed and all of this they missed and that. And they just bust chops and and break stones. And it's completely inefficient. And, and unnecessary. But it's like anything else, right? Instead of the government deciding, you know what? Maybe we don't need this anymore. Maybe we don't need we don't need air marshals. OK, because terrorists are not hijacking airplanes anymore. We fix the cabin door problem. If you remember in the show, The Looming Tower. If you watched it, the book is fantastic. If you watch the show, The Looming Tower, which is on Hulu, I highly recommend it. There's a scene where one of the would-be 9-11 hijackers opens up the cockpit door mid-flight and walks in, and the pilots are like, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, sorry, I thought it was the bathroom. They're like, ah, it's all good. But you could open that door back then just like you'd open the door to go into the lavatory on an airplane. They fixed that after 9-11. They fixed that. But they still put air marshals on planes. So so as part of the massive expansion of government in the wake of 9-11 and uh, attacking, you know, a a country that had nothing to do with it, Iraq, invading it, we also created all of these new jobs. So we created all these new jobs. And whenever you create a government job, you can't get rid of a government job. You're stuck with it for life. It's like it's like herpes. You know, you get flare ups every now and then, but it's you're not getting rid of it. it. You got it for life. Not that I know, by the way, just but I, it's a quick analogy since I'm thinking of things you can't get rid of. Anyway, the, the the point is now you're stuck with all these air marshals and they're unionized. And so they're not going anywhere. So I got to find something for them to do. What are they going to do? Well, how about we have them track and monitor and spy on people who are in the capital region on January 6, 2021, the, whole, the entire freaking region. Which meant that, let's say on January 6, 2021, instead of being here, say I went to D.C. and had nothing to do with the Capitol. Maybe I, maybe I went back to the University of Maryland for the day. See some of my buddies, my old fraternity brothers, hang out, go to Bentley's, get some of their outstanding mozzarella sticks if they still have them. I would be on, I'd be tracked. So that means that every time I go to the airport, I would have to go through enhanced security measures I, for no reason. Nothing. And I would have to have my stones broken even more because I'm on I'm on a watch list. Do you understand what I mean about this country and how we are a police state? And I've been I've been telling you we're a police state for years, long before Dinesh D'Souza did. And I'm not not saying that to take away from Dinesh. I'm just simply saying that I've been saying this to you for years. We live in a police state. This country has become a police state. This is exactly what I mean. The only reason they're doing this is just to bust people's chops. Because they they can, they have to justify the jobs of these air marshals who have nothing to do. And 
a lot of the people that they're going to bust chops with are probably Trump supporters. Because why were they flying into the capital region on January 6, 2021, other than despite funerals, family, jobs, uh, sightseeing, it's the capital, it's the freaking capital region, change of flights, anything else. Despite all that, they're probably MAGA. So we need to monitor MAGA because this goes with the narrative of the Biden Department of Justice, which is what? Domestic violent extremism is running rampant. And at any moment now, there'll be another January 6th, unless we monitor all these domestic violent extremists in our country. And of course, since there aren't any, because it's a fugazi, we don't really have domestic violent extremists. We have, we have individuals. We don't have these organized militias that are actually going to do anything against America. We have guys that go out and get drunk and shoot guns in the woods, and that's about it. But it's not enough. So then they have to expand the reach of domestic violent extremists, which is why you, if you're a mom and you went to a school board meeting to scream about the fact that your kids weren't in class or they had to wear masks or anything else, you got put on a list. You were, you, you were on the list, too, because you might be a domestic violent extremist and you might cause violence at, at a school board meeting. So they have to keep expanding the net, so to speak, because they just don't have enough supply to fill the demand that they're looking for. The demand of domestic violent extremism is so high in this administration, but the supply is very short. Because even if you were in the Capitol, even if you took part in the riot on January 6, 2021, and, and you didn't get arrested, which is probably going to happen at some point to everybody who went on that complex, whether you went inside or not, you're going to get arrested. You're going to have to deal with the government at some point. But you're not doing it again because you don't want to deal with the ramifications of this. So you're just back to living your life. Even if you didn't smash a window or break anything, even if you just went inside and, and, and you know, it, it took a whiz. You're, you, you just, you want to get back to your life and live your life and you want to stay as far away from that as possible at this point. You're not sitting there every night doing the J6 reunion meeting, figuring out when you can, when you could go in and, and cause another insurrection. Because A, it wasn't an insurrection. And B, because the people there got caught up in the moment. Some people there that day, yeah, they broke the law. No question about it. But we're not talking about those people. Those people have already been prosecuted. But it doesn't matter at this point whether you're at the Capitol or not. She just said it. You heard her. You heard her say it. You heard her say it just now that everybody who was at the Capitol in the, I'm sorry, not even at the Capitol, anybody who was in the region is being tracked by air marshals, United States air marshals. I don't recognize this country anymore. You have those moments where you go, everything I thought I knew is just completely just coming unraveled. You know what I mean? Everything I thought was real, my reality is just completely gone. And I, I don't recognize America anymore. I don't recognize the United States of America. Because at some point, the government had such hubris to do this to Muslim American citizens who were just simply going about their life. And there was such an uproar about it that we stop the practice and good because people should not be put on no fly list without actually getting due process I, it doesn't matter to me whether you're muslim or not the constitution is supposed to be blind to that obviously but but they're doing it again only this time it's not the potential muslim terrorists i told you that i told you this see i i i i, I exactly told you all of this back then that someday it's not going to be the Muslim terrorist, it's going to be you and it's you. 
Wow. Really amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Would love to have your thoughts on this. I'll give you more details on this as it comes out. We also have some numbers coming in on Black Friday, and we have our very own Cyber Monday deal here on the Zioli Show. Actually, the entire station today. I'm very excited about this. So WPHG is having a Cyber Monday sale today. 20% off all hoodies in our store, the merch store, where you can get Zioli Army shirts, Kale & Company, Dom Time, Krasnerland, it's all there. Cyber Monday sale today, 20% off on all hoodies. So get your beautiful Kelly Green Zioli Army uh, hoodie. It's great. It's the same color the Eagles were wearing last night during the game. That phenomenal game that kept us all on the edge of our seats the entire time. Or this uh, gorgeous navy blue, like a dark navy blue color as well. It's a great shade of blue. Just go to 1210WPHC.com, 1210WPHC.com, 20% off all hoodies. I know you've wanted Zioli Army merch. Now's your chance to get it. 1210WPHC.com. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All righty, so there's another story today about secret warnings about the Wuhan research predated the pandemic. I should also mention to you, there's a, uh, a brand new disease sweeping through China. Why is it always China? I'm always trying to figure this out. What is it about China? Is it another undercooked bat burger somebody ordered? Is that what happened? Undercooked bat burger, pangolin aioli, side of fries again. You think they'd learn, maybe put in some standards. Hey, listen, if you're going to order a bat burger, it's fine, but you got to cook it medium, period. The only medium we serve. Like you go to a restaurant in Wuhan, you walk in, you go, oh, I'll, oh, the bat, the bat burger special. It's great. Uh, can I get it medium rare? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. For uh, national uh, health and international health reasons, we have to cook all bat burgers medium well, medium well. So, you know, because we don't have another pandemic, you know. But I guess not. I mean, I guess these restaurants and, and places have not learned their lesson from COVID, right? Obviously. I mean, just the other day, I went to uh, a brewery by my house and I was I was craving, you know, a nice bloody bat burger because I do like them nice and rare. Bloody, you know, like bloody as hell. I'm, I'm, I'm an alpha. What can I say? I'm a, I'm a man, you know, and I, I but again, you know, you go to the food truck and sorry, you know, we really got to grill this baby up. But we have standards in America now. 
We just don't have those standards in China yet. And I'm just shocked that the restaurant industry hasn't learned. But what are you going to do? I mean, maybe someday they will. Maybe it's just, you know, it probably is more about freedom than anything else, to be honest with you. Uh, it's probably just the fact that in China, people love their freedom so much that they just wouldn't put up with it if they couldn't get a bat burger cooked at their temperature that they wanted. I mean, think about it, right? Like, go to Texas and, and try to put in a rule that steaks have to be medium well. Like, it's not going to fly. I mean, I'm an American. I'm a man. And I want what I want. So if I go and I want a medium rare burger, I want a medium rare burger. If I go to a place and they say, we don't cook at that, then I believe my freedom is being stripped. If the government tries to say, I can't have a medium rare steak or a medium rare burger, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be very upset. First of all, by the way, when it comes to steaks, and I mean this sincerely, and I did, I had a nice chat today with the CEO of Omaha Steaks. By the way, use my promo code Zioli. You'll get an extra 30 bucks off your order. And give the show credit, of course, for it, too. But, um, you know, we talked about uh, the sous vide method of doing steaks, which is something I have not really gotten into yet, but it's on my list. You can take the Omaha steaks and put them right into the water. And But anyway, I was thinking about that from the perspective of you should never cook a steak, in my opinion, more than medium rare. I like a nice char on the outside. Bat, after medium, gets tough. You know what I mean? It gets tough. And that's the problem. Pangolin too is the same way. And raccoon dog, have you, Matt DeSantis, have you ever had an overcooked raccoon dog? Oh, for, it's the worst. It is the worst. Why even bother to eat the raccoon dog if it's not done right? See, I, I, I almost equate it to turkey. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's no matter what you do to it, it's still dry. I was deep frying my turkey on Thursday, having a lovely time. The, the trick to deep frying is you cannot leave the deep fryer unattended. You know that, right? Yeah, I've seen lots of videos where the thing just goes up into flames so what do you do you have to sit there so i didn't want to do this but i had to get away from my family my in-laws and so i had to sit and of course you can't do it by the house because it's it's you know you're boiling peanut oil so i had to do it far away from the house to make sure that nothing could happen couldn't burn the house down and i had to monitor it the whole time so i had to sit out there and drink a bourbon and smoke a cigar by myself for an hour on my thanksgiving day i couldn't be around my in-laws for an entire hour. That's the sacrifice that I make for my family, you see. That was nice that you kind of took one for the team. I had to. Somebody had to do it. So that somebody was me. <laughs> and that bowler is you, Roy. So I that was me. I sat out there and then, you know what? I mean, time went by. I actually had to light a second cigar because... <laughs> oh, man. That's you know. brutal. Well, yeah. Oh, you know, because again, I don't want to undercook the turkey. You oh, got to make really it just stinks. right. Yeah. So then I threw in a little pangolin dog as I was going to do a little appetizer. And um, yeah, it just came out tough. It really did. <laughs> a raccoon dog, right? It was Yeah, raccoon dog. Raccoon dog. Yeah. So pe- bats, pangolins, and raccoon dogs. Yeah. Pangol- yeah, pangolin meat's a whole separate thing. Yeah, it's a whole That's other always thing. tender. Yeah, but you know, pe- pe- uh, pangolin foie gras is fantastic. Uh, people don't uh, appreciate that enough. It's expensive, though. Costco. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They you get it. Co- the Costco in Wuhan, they have it. They have it on special. I was just there. The Costco wet market section. Oh, the the wet market section of Costco is absolutely fantastic. It really they have expanded. Uh, so I digress. I guess that's what happened. It's the only thing I can think of. Uh, I can't explain it otherwise. But that's what's happening right now in China. A brand new pandemic sweeping the country. Pneumonia. Now let's see. This time last year, no, not this year, but in twenty twenty. We had the first cases of COVID-19 
coming out of Wuhan. Back then, it was a mystery illness, if you remember, and they kept it hush-hush. The military world games had gone on, and people got sick, and this is why I still think it was a bioweapon to go after our military. But the timelines are very similar to this, and then think about the effect COVID had on the 2020 presidential election. But if you look at the timeline, November of 2020, COVID was sweeping Wuhan. They were just lying about it. But it was sweeping the country. And that was before they even were purposely sending people to be super spreaders around the earth. But according to Colin Rugg here on Twitter, so mystery pneumonia is sweeping over China, causing people to overwhelm hospitals. Just in time for the 2024 election, Chinese officials are now encouraging people to wear masks, social distance and stay at home. China's health ministry is downplaying the sickness, saying the uptick in cases was caused by the flu and other known pathogens. These mystery viruses. And again, always outside, always, always, always China. And mainly just because of their, again, just it's just the nature of the people in China love freedom like no one else in the world. And you're not going to tell me how to cook my bat. No way. No how. I want it rare. I'm doing it rare. Pittsburgh style. (laughs) I'll do a bat Pittsburgh style. You know, that's when you do a nice sear on the outside and then it's rare on the inside, almost like frozen. Have you ever done (laughs) Pittsburgh style? No, I thought those with fries. Well, that's a sandwich. No, that's totally different. Pittsburgh style. You You go to a good steakhouse and you ask them Pittsburgh style, like Capitol Grill or something like that. What they'll do is they'll do that. They'll sear it on the outside, but on the inside, it's rare. I've, rare. I've always wondered if Pittsburgh style is the same as blue rare. That well, it is. It it's is, exactly okay. right. Yeah, blue rare. I I do I do a Pittsburgh style char on the outside, medium rare. Bat. <laughs> of course. How else are you going to eat it? Right. So you know, and I don't like I like a dry rub on my bat. Don't <laughs> don't marinate that. I don't, no way. You <laughs> you marinate my bat, we're gonna have a problem. I want a nice dry rub. So. And the freedom-loving people of China who've known nothing but freedom their entire lives, you're not going to tell them how to eat their food, bottom line. <laughs> no how. No, no way, no how. <laughs> when I think of freedom, I think of China. You think of China. Yeah. You should. It's a beacon of freedom to the world. Hi, uh, we're from the Wuhan Department of Health, so we wanted to ask all the restaurants that serve bat to voluntarily cook the bat to an internal temperature of 170 degrees. Yeah, sorry, that's not going to fly with my customers. They, uh... They're not going to go for that. Uh, yeah, I guess it could be. I mean, I, I, okay, maybe it's not the food. It could have been a lab leak, but I don't, I, I was told early on that that was not possible, that that was a conspiracy theory. So I've never even entertained the notion that it could have come from a lab <laughs> because I was told very early on by the media and by the government, the CIA, and of course by Santo Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, that there was no way it could have come from a lab. So I, I personally, three years later, have never even entertained the notion of a lab leak theory. Maybe one day I'll read up on it. It's possible. Oh, wait, Vanity Fair has a story about that today. But it's perfect timing. Uh, secret warnings about Wuhan research predated the pandemic. A series of previously unreported alarms and clashes over U.S.-funded research in China reveal longstanding friction between two groups of government scientists. Those who prioritize international collaboration and those who are kept up at night by the idea that cutting edge technologies could end up in the wrong hands. Imagine that. 
In late October 2017, a U.S. health official from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, that's Fauci's old shop, by the way, arrived at the Wuhan Institute of Virology for a glimpse of an eagerly anticipated work in progress. The WIV, a leading research institute, was putting the finishing touches on China's first biosafety level four laboratory. Operating with the highest safeguards in the lab would ensure scientists to study some of the world's most lethal pathogens. And don't forget, create them. Let's not forget that part of it, too. They could study the pathogens. They could also create the pathogens. And then they could create the treatment for those pathogens. So you see, you win going in, you win going out. Big Pharma wins on both sides. Everybody's happy. Got to wet my beak. Got to wet my beak. You know what I mean? The project had support from Western governments seeking a more robust partnership with China's top scientists. France had helped design the facility. Canada, before long, would send virus samples. And in the U.S., the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases was channeling grant dollars through an American organization called EcoHealth Alliance to help fund the WIV's cutting-edge corona research, coronavirus research. That funding allowed the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease official who worked out of the embassy in Beijing to become one of the first Americans to tour the lab. Her goal was to facilitate cooperation between America and Chinese scientists. Nevertheless, says Asha M. George, executive director of the Bipartisan Commission on Biodefense, a nonprofit that advises the U.S. government on biodefense policy. If you want to know what's going on in a closed country, one of the things the U.S. has done is give them. Grant money. Yes, we did. In a country that oppresses its people and has no outside communications and state-run media and, of course, no freedom, we gave them grant money. Very smart move. In emails obtained by Vanity Fair, this NIAID official told her superiors what she gleaned from the technician who served as her guide. The lab, which was not yet fully operational, was struggling to develop enough expertise among its staff a concern in a setting that had no tolerance for errors. According to the technician, being the first biosafety level four in the country, they have to learn everything from zero. They rely on those scientists who have worked in P4 labs outside China to train the other scientists how to operate. She also learned something else alarming from the technician. Ready? Researchers at the WIV intended to study Ebola, but Chinese government restrictions prevented them from importing samples. As a result, they were considering using a technique called reverse genetics to engineer Ebola in the lab. Did you did you hear that? Did you get that? <laughs> it's very funny. As a result, they were considering using a technique called reverse genetics to engineer Ebola in the lab. Anticipating that this information would set off alarm bells in the U.S., the official cautioned, I don't want the information, particularly using reverse genetics to create viruses, to get out. They didn't want the information to get out. Well, you know, information like that gets out, people lose respect for you, and they, so, you know, it doesn't, doesn't look good. So they want to make sure that they kept that a secret. I don't want the information, particularly using reverse genetics to create viruses, to get out, which would affect the ability for our future information gain, meaning it would impair the collaboration between the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and the WIV. So they're doing the work. 
they're doing the deed and they're saying, but sh- you can't let anybody know about this. Okay. Because we can't let people know. Uh, there was good reason to fear that such a revelation could derail the fledgling partnership. One year earlier, the U.S. Department of Energy had warned other agencies, including the parent entity, the National Institutes of Health, that advanced genetic engineering techniques could be misused for malign ends. The Energy Department had developed a classified proposal reported on here for the first time to ramp up safeguards against the possibility and develop tools to better detect evidence of genetic engineering. The proposal, which was not implemented in its suggested form, prompted a heated interagency battle on January 10th of 2018 as the uh, National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease official prepared her official trip report for the U.S. Embassy in Beijing. She wrote to colleagues, I was shocked to hear what he said about reverse engineering Ebola. I also worry the reaction of people in Washington when they read this. The technician is only a worker, not a decision maker, nor a principal investigator. So how much should we believe what he said? But I don't feel comfortable for broader audience with the government within the government circle. It could be very sensitive. It's hard to know who to believe these days in these situations. Do you believe the tech or do you not believe the tech? I don't know. I guess you got to trust your gut on those those situations. So she certainly did. She trusted her gut. Among the recipients of that email was F. Gray Hanley, the NAID's Associate Director for International Research Affairs. He agreed with the official's assessment advisor, as we discussed, delete that comment. Now, a very, very sensitive but unclassified cable was sent out by the U.S. Embassy in Beijing. I'll tell you exactly what it said upon my return. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Coming right back. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, so 855-839-1210 is a number. So this uh, story here from Vanity Fair is very interesting about the lab in Wuhan, the WIV, and what was going on there and what they tried to keep secret from getting out. And that was that they were going to basically reverse engineer Ebola. They were going to create Ebola in the lab. And this is not good. You shouldn't try to make Ebola. You know what I mean? So you shouldn't try to make any of these viruses. Just not good. That doesn't help anybody. On January 19th, the U.S. Embassy in Beijing issued a sensitive but unclassified cable that included concerning details from the NIAID's official tour. It said that WIV scientists themselves had noted the serious shortage of appropriately trained technicians and investigators needed to safely operate. But the cable did not include the information that her colleagues apparently found most worrying. For synthetic biologists, you see, the idea of engineering Ebola isn't seen as particularly unusual. Reverse genetics, using the CRISPR gene editing technology developed roughly a decade ago, is now a widely used laboratory technique. And the WIV's Biosafety Level 4 lab was designed to safely research Ebola, be it natural or man-made. Some scientists argue that for research purposes, it can be safer to make a deadly pathogen in-house than to risk transporting it. And that's always the question. You know, do you, do you, do you drive the Ebola in or do you just make the Ebola? It's, it's kind of like pizza. Do you get takeout or do you just make it? You know, it's sort of the same. And I struggle with that myself all the time. I mean, I could fire up the pizza oven and I could make pizza or I can just call and get it delivered. 
Same thing with Ebola. It's the exact same. You know, but if you transport the pizza by the time it gets to the house, a lot of times what happens is the pizza, the humidity from the box makes the pizza soggy. So it really depends on how far you're going to go. I, as a tip, you do what you want. But what I do is I always crack open the top of the pizza box a little bit, let some of the steam out. This way, the pizza does not, the humidity does not cause the crust to get soggy. One of my, is the only techniques there. Uh, but when I'm transporting Ebola, it's different because it's a, you know, it could kill me. So that's this. So I tend to go with the make the Ebola in-house argument. But it's sort of the same with pizza too, because a lot of times you order crappy takeout and you're like, oh man, this is just underwhelming. But every time I make my homemade pizza, it's a home run. Anyway, so the, uh, the officials fear that based on the WIV training, the staffing challenges combined with the apparent interest in reverse engineering Ebola, would spark alarm, and she told congressional investigators the fatality rate in some Ebola outbreaks has reached well over 50%. When it comes to headlines and people spouting blood from every orifice, Ebola is, a, is about as bad as it gets. The risks of the WIV producing something new or unknown may have driven the government's concern. Bottom line is this. The lab was not safe. The people were not trained. You should not be making Ebola there, but they didn't stop there. That's the problem. Gerald Parker, who's a former commander of the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases, said any effort to shield the technicians' Ebola remarks from wider scrutiny within the federal government would be a dereliction of responsibility. But the technician was told, delete the comment. They were warning... The U.S. Embassy in Beijing was warning what's going on here. They're making Ebola. They're not prepared for this. It's like having an amateur make pizza in my oven. Not ready for this. You're not ready for it. Sure, I'll let you play with the kids and make kid dough and pizza with the kids, and they can stretch it and things like that, but I'm not going to serve that to the adults, all right? I always reserve a little dough for the kids, and then I let the kids do it. It's a fun bonding experience. Beautiful time. I'm not eating it, though, obviously. It's the same thing with this. You know what I mean? It's, it's the exact same thing. You, you, you turn around and you say, these people don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. So why are you letting them do this? Some view ongoing questions about biosafety at the WIV as part of a Republican campaign to discredit Asanto Fauci, who led the NAID for 38 years, and to attack science more broadly. But U.S. government warnings about scientific collaborations in autocratic countries, predate the pandemic and cut across partisan lines, they write. Concerns flagged in the Obama administration persisted through the Trump administration and are being examined today. The administration is actively engaged in a process incorporating input from all relevant federal agencies to evaluate and update biosafety and biosecurity policies. Blah, 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 blah. Now, I like this quote because I always think of my dark, my dark side the dark triad. There's a dark side to certain research, says Jason Paragus. Just because you're doing it to publish a paper doesn't mean no one is going to do anything bad. They did a six-month investigation. They found an almost decade-long trail of warnings issued by the Department of Energy to other government agencies, including the NIH, concerning the risk that U.S.-funded biology research could be misused by overseas partners. In mid-2019, an Energy Department official went so far as to issue a specific warning about the coronavirus research the agency was funding at the WIV. Let me say that again. 
In mid-2019, an Energy Department official went so far as to issue a specific warning to the National Institutes for Allergy and Infectious Diseases about the coronavirus research the agency was funding at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. In other words, Anthony Fauci was warned. Operating out of a sprawling 300-acre campus in Bethesda, Maryland, the National Institutes of Health describes itself as the federal focal point for health research. Each year, it makes more than uh, 50,000 grants, distributing the majority of its $48 billion budget to researchers in the U.S. and around the world. $5.3 billion in the last fiscal year alone. And uh, the whole thing about grant money, it's everything. Grant money is everything. Without it, you're not doing anything. You need the money. It's all about the fazools. I always tell you that. It's all the money, right? So what happens is you have all these people competing. You've got this pot of money. And what we started doing, and this is a question that Mark Lipsitch, I'm going to make sure I get that name right. Mark Lipsitch, a professor of epidemiology at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health asked, he said, I don't see why science funding should be reserved for friendly countries. Why are we just giving it to our friends? Why don't we give it to places like China? That's what this guy, uh, Lipsitch, asked. By the way, don't forget your Zeoli Army hoodies today, 20% off. All the the Talk Radio 1210 WPHD merch for Cyber Monday, 20% off today. So you get that Kelly Green Zeoli Army hoodie even after, or the blue color. Just go to WPHD.com and you can get it. WP, 1210WPHD.com. 1210WPHD.com. I also have it posted on my my X. I've got the bookmark. Now, the, uh, the scientists in the federal government, though, using all this research that they were doing, DNA editing, gene editing, all these things, there's a dark side of this research, a very dark side. And what they found was that these people would spend their time in a dark world faced with the nastiness of what could go on. You know, you go into a dark world. Sometimes you don't even know yourself anymore. Am I right? Diane D.L. Lewis, a distinguished research fellow at the National Defense University, said sometimes they flag concerns for scientists who, given their focus on open research, are not willing to even contemplate what they're talking about. They keep it inside. You know, you hide it from the world. Because if it gets out, it's not going to be good. And that's what they were doing. But Vanity Fair, and why Vanity Fair, I have no idea. It's not particularly, they're not known necessarily for their investigative journalism, but they revealed that in the months and years leading up to the pandemic, officials at the NIH and the Department of Energy repeatedly locked horns over issues related to global scientific collaboration. They warned them about the national security risks posed by gene editing and its possible use by hostile foreign adversaries, including China. Yeah, in fact, they issued a very specific warning in mid-2019. Dan Briette, who's been on the show, came on the show many times when he was the deputy secretary of the United States Department of Energy. And... He was, he's a great guy. Dan Briette's a great guy. In fact, Victoria Coates used to work with him. Turns out, and this is going to be one of those things where you go, wait a second, wait a second. This really happened? I'm having a tough time believing this. This really, really happened. In mid-2019, just months before the pandemic began, 
Deputy Energy Secretary Dan Briette alerted a top Fauci advisor that the coronavirus research the U.S. was helping to fund at the WIV risked being misappropriated for military purposes. Based on classified threat assessments and concerns raised by DOE scientists, Briette urged the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases to use caution in its collaborations with Chinese government scientists. His warning should have served as a red flag for any research the agency was conducting with China. Literally saying the Chinese military could use the diseases that they were making in the lab with our money. Unbelievable. There's a lot more to this. There's a lot more to everything. We're only beginning to unravel it all for you. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. So I mentioned how I like a good steak. And I love the fact that when you, you nail it with a steak, I mean, you, you stick the landing on that. Everybody's thrilled and happy. And Omaha Steaks makes it easy for you to look good and save some real money. Because when you use my promo code Zioli at checkout, you're going to get $30 off your order. Five generations of family-owned expertise means uncompromised quality you can trust. Now, since the holidays are here, you skip the store, you skip the lines. Today's Cyber Monday. You go on right now to omahasteaks.com. You're going to find 50% off site-wide. And you'll save an extra $30 when you use my name, Zioli, at checkout. And there's something for everybody on your list. It really is a great gift. Nobody ever returns delicious food. There's easy-to-prepare comfort meals for during the week. Top-line steaks. You know, I talked to um, the CEO of Omaha Steaks today. Every single steak that Omaha Steaks sells is aged for a minimum of 28 days. 28 days. And they are vacuum sealed at the height of their freshness and, per, and, then, and then flash frozen. So you could take that steak and keep it in the bag if you wanted to do the sous vide method and defrost it and then you got, you got it in the vacuum sealed bag and then finish it off on the grill, get that nice char going. No matter what, everybody will love when that cooler shows up at their house, you can have a gift wrapped and everything with delicious food. 50% off site-wide, plus an extra $30 off when you use my name, Zioli, at checkout. Every purchase backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee, the absolute best in the business. OmahaSteaks.com. Minimum order may be required. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.